Hey everyone, welcome to Scribe Book School, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about how to write, publish, and market your book. Writing problems like voice, mechanics, and style, they are all solved once you focus on one thing, and that is clear, simple writing that's focused on the reader. Now that said, there are a few practices that you can follow that will help you communicate your ideas clearly and simply. They've worked for thousands of scribe authors and they can work for you too. So here are the seven writing exercises that will help you write a great book. Number one, set small daily goals. When you sit down with the intention to write thousands of words at once, you're setting yourself up for failure. It's easy to feel intimidated when you think, I have to write a whole book. And that kind of anxiety is the quickest way to hit writer's block. Just don't do that to yourself. It's called a writing process for a reason. It's a marathon, not a sprint. If you wanna finish your book, our best advice is to create a writing plan and set small daily goals. Psychology research shows that the most effective goals are the ones that are achievable. So set a 250 word per day minimum and just start writing. It's a relatively easy goal to reach, so you're less likely to ignore it and more likely to accomplish it. Plus, with 250 words, you don't have any excuses. You can type that much on your phone while you're waiting for your coffee to brew. And it may not sound like much, but it adds up. If you keep up that pace, you can write a 40,000 word manuscript in less than six months. And if you happen to write more, you'll feel more motivated and you'll get it done even faster. But if you set a high goal, like a thousand words per day, you're more likely to end up discouraged when you fall short. Remember this for the rest of the exercises in this video. Always approach your writing with a small, easily achievable minimum. Number two is a writing prompt called Treasure Hunt. For many authors, there's nothing more frightening than a blank page. And if that sounds like you, give yourself an easy first assignment to get going. Run through your home or your office and find something that's associated with your book journey. Now, there are two basic kinds of nonfiction books. There's a knowledge share nonfiction, which is what it sounds like. You're writing to share your knowledge. And this might come in the form of a how-to or a thought leadership book. The goal with any knowledge share nonfiction book is to help people solve a problem or create a transformation. Now, the second type of nonfiction is a memoir. A memoir is always about you, and its intent is to tell the reader about your life and your story. Readers read memoirs because they want to learn about themselves through your story. So if you're writing a knowledge share nonfiction book, collect objects related to your work. This could include product samples, promotional materials, or even reports from completed projects, or maybe even a memento from a client or a mentor. If you're writing a memoir, go through photos or objects from your past. Try writing about the emotions and the feelings or the memories that come up when you look at those objects. Now, I mentioned that a lot of writing prompts are worthless, but this one can work well. And that's because unlike many other creative writing prompts, this one encourages you to write material that can actually go into your book. Sharing these stories can create a powerful connection between you and your reader. And chances are, 
They're experiencing something similar to what you went through. You want to write a book because you want to share your wisdom with readers. So why waste time on random words or writing exercises that have nothing to do with that mission? The best way to practice writing is to actually start writing your book. Number three is another writing prompt called, what are you holding back? What is the one fail-safe way to be interesting to your reader? Tell the truth. Maybe that's the truth about your younger self or your relationship with a family member or what's happening in your industry or even mistakes you've made. Whatever it is, be honest. Readers can smell bullshit a mile away. But when an author is vulnerable and authentic, that's when their books really make an impact. Telling the truth might sound easy, but a ton of authors struggle with it. They don't want to tell the world about their failures. They don't want to look foolish. They don't want to reveal their most radical ideas or share their most painful moments. But that's exactly what readers want when they pick up a book. They want to read about real life, not some picture-perfect version of the truth. So if you find yourself struggling with being fully honest, here's my advice. Write about whatever it is you're struggling with. You don't have to publish it. You can always decide on that later but write it. The most valuable books are the ones that are willing to go to those places. So if you're writing a memoir, here's your homework assignment. Write three pages of any story that you're afraid of or that feels uncomfortable to tell. If you're writing a knowledge share nonfiction book, then pick one thing to teach your reader that breaks the rules of your industry. I'll give you an example. You could pick a lesson that you learned by making a huge mistake You could recount that mistake in all its detail. Don't hold back. The fourth writing exercise is to tell your avatar's transformation story. Now this exercise will look radically different for memoir writers, so I'll focus on knowledge share first. Think about who your primary audience is and write it down. Now within that group, isolate one person. Be specific. It's even better if you know that person in real life. And then take a moment to describe what's going on in their life in at least one paragraph. What is the hurdle in their life that you could help them solve? What are all the pain points around that? Is their work stressful and it's bleeding into their home life? Or are they sacrificing their health by spending all their time in front of the computer? Really try to get into this person's point of view. Now, flesh out the transformation that they'll get after they know what you're going to tell them. What ripple effects will flow into their personal life and their sense of self? The answers you come up with during this writing exercise are going to be integral to your book introduction. One of the main things a good introduction does is connect with the reader's pain and tell them what you're going to do to help. And by completing this writing exercise, you'll be able to do that in a super personalized way. You'll also get the added benefit of having this document to refer to when you're writing. So anytime you get a little lost, just come back and remind yourself who you're writing for, what matters to them, and how you can help. And if you're writing a memoir, ignore everything I just said. Don't write to anyone else at first. Just write for yourself. And before you publish your book, you're going to have to decide who you're sharing it with and why. But that's a later decision that your future self will handle. Anne Frank did nothing but write to her journal, and it ended up being one of the most powerful memoirs in the world. Why? Because she was totally honest, and she wrote it only for herself. 
the best way to make sure that you're being honest and telling the deepest, most important parts of your story is to dig deep into yourself and then put that on the page. Exercise number five is to structure each section like a presentation. Now, this writing exercise is tied to the psychology of small achievable goals that I mentioned earlier. Tackle one section of your book at a time and structure each section like a presentation. So first, outline the major points of the presentation. So what are the takeaways that you want your audience to have? Write through that content as if you're speaking directly to the person you're teaching. This is a place where the earlier avatar exercise can come in handy. When you're giving a presentation, you're always limited by time, but in writing, you have a lot more leeway to dive into things. So ask yourself, what do I leave out of my presentations that might still be useful to my reader? If I had more time, what else would I say? If you're writing about something that feels too personal for a presentation, you can frame the exercise differently. Think of the book as a private space between you and your reader. They're by themselves with your words. It's one-on-one. And that'll give you more leeway to be vulnerable. You can think about a single person that you trust and write directly to them. Instead of imagining an audience like you might when you're blogging, imagine writing an email to your closest confidant. What information would they need to be able to follow along on your journey? And how can you tell that in a way that draws you closer together? Exercise number six is to give yourself permission to vomit your writing out. I know it sounds gross, but I'm serious. The best thing you can do if you want to write a great book is to start writing and let it all come out. The reason I say vomit is because nobody expects vomit to look good. It's supposed to be bad, and the first draft of your book should be the exact same way. Every great book starts with a terrible first draft, and some people call this free writing, We call it the vomit draft. Why am I encouraging you to puke on a page? Because a lot of first-time authors get hung up on trying to write the perfect book. They write a section, they scrap it, they rewrite it, they scrap it, and they rewrite it again, and they get nowhere. They agonize over every single word, and three weeks later, they're staring at a blank page for the 20th time. That's why many writers give up the first time they try to write a book. But if you know in advance that you're going to write badly and that's the expectation, it takes the pressure off of you. And you can let stream of consciousness just be your guide without second guessing how great your writing skills are, or whether you're keeping a consistent point of view, or whether it's good enough to be a best-selling book. Like I said earlier, it's called a writing process for a reason. Bad writing is part of the process. Your vomit draft isn't the final product. It's not the book that people are going to read. It's a work in progress. And it's a lot easier to edit and improve a bad draft than a non-existent one. Now, I know a lot of writers understand the concept behind the vomit draft, but they still have a hard time putting it into practice because editing and the delete key are really tempting. So here are some tactics you can try to remind yourself to not edit. Make your typeface white so you can't see what you're typing. Turn your screen down so you can't see what you're writing. Write with strike through turned on. Put a sticker on your backspace key. I recommend a lava spewing volcano so you won't be tempted to touch it. Or if you have an external keyboard, pop the backspace key off. You can handwrite your draft. 
This isn't lost time because you can type it during your first editing pass and it will force you to read the text closer. Writing doesn't necessarily mean writing. You can always make the first draft by recording yourself and using a transcript of the recording. And the seventh exercise is self-care. Now I know this might sound a little woo-woo, but if you wanna be a published author, self-care is actually super important. You're about to go on a big journey and you're gonna be using your brain a lot. Writing is hard. Books take an emotional toll, they take a mental toll, they take a spiritual toll. And if you don't take care of yourself on the journey, it's not impossible to finish your book, but it will be much, much harder. The writing process is long, and it's easy to get discouraged when things aren't going well. So in order to help mitigate this, you can take care of yourself. For example, you can sleep eight hours a night. You can eat healthy and clean. You can work out regularly. You can take a daily walk. You can even use an energy healer. And this one may sound weird, but we have authors who tell them energy healers are the best. It could be a placebo effect, but we don't care. It works. Try acupuncture. Go do flotation sessions. Sit in a sauna or go to a spa. Take Epsom salt baths. Go to therapy. There are a million different ways to take care of yourself. Just listen to what your body and emotions tell you and go with whatever method works for you. Now, this may not seem like a writing exercise, but it is. Because even if the content of your book doesn't seem emotional, the writing process itself will be emotional. You're stepping up, you're putting yourself out there, and it will have an effect on your emotions. I don't care how confident you are in your industry, this will take a toll on your emotions. You will be a better writer if you take time to take care of yourself. Self-care has the power to recharge and revitalize you so you can come back to the writing the next day fresh and ready to go. And now with that, you should be good to go. Give one or all of these seven exercises a try. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. If you found this episode valuable, then definitely check out our free online workshops at scribebookschool.com. During the workshop, we'll teach you our exact step-by-step -step process for how to write, publish, and market your book. It's totally free, and you can watch it right from the comfort of your home. Again, you can sign up at scribebookschool.com. And beyond that, you can support the podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay tuned because we have a lot of good stuff coming on Scribe Book School. Mm -hmm.